Hello and welcome to Renegade Mama. I am your host, Natalie Rees. Today on the show, I speak with Elise Ananda, who describes herself as an expressionist, sound and vibrational healer, and mama diviner. Elise and I had crossed paths in our previous lives as actors, but we had never met until now. Elise free birthed her first baby, Aria, and also had an autonomous pregnancy. We talk about the spiritual and emotional side of pregnancy and how it can be such a massive time of growth. We also delve into the way we express ourselves in birth and how important it is to feel comfortable in vocalizing, especially when the sounds we make aren't familiar to ourselves or others and aren't considered pretty. We ponder over watching beautiful home births on YouTube and with all the whale music playing behind them and how this image has not matched our experience at all and the intensity of primal birth. Although there is no right way to do it, we talk about how important it is to give ourselves permission to roar our babies into the world uninhibited and in a full-bodied expression. We also talk about how Elise dealt with a partial retained placenta naturally at home, the power of laughter in labor, and why she thinks she had morning sickness. Enjoy this deep and meaningful conversation between two performers who, whose worlds have now aligned. Welcome Elise to the Renegade Mama. It's so <laughs> lovely to have you here. Um, we kind of have crossed paths in previous lives, but never actually met, which is really interesting. We were both in Sydney at the same time. You'd come to my acting studio there. Yep. Your ex-husband is somebody I know. Yep. Yep. So weird. Small circles. Yeah. Yeah. But um, now we finally meet and I'm really excited. So um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Elise. And I was born here in Perth. We're meeting in Perth. And I always wanted to be a singer, to do musicals. That was just, I think I tell, told my mom when I was three, that was my life. <laughs> Love it. So I grew up doing all of that, singing, dancing, acting, all of that, which took me to study music theatre at uni. And then I moved over east to work in musicals, um, which I feel now on the hindsight, super grateful to actually do because it's a really tricky industry and I there's so many pitfalls and like now it really doesn't exist in the midst of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a beautiful, amazing run of working on some incredible shows um, around Australia and overseas and with some like amazing people and thought that I'd be doing that forever and for my life. And then I fell pregnant. <laughs> surprise surprise and I always knew I wanted to have babies like yep. always always did um but I think I thought I'd be that mum that I'd seen modeled before me in the industry that I worked in who would have a baby and then go right back into a show mm -hmm. and have I'd seen these incredible mums that had babies in dressing rooms with them and would come off from a stage uh, come off side stage and have spent like three minutes with their baby and then go back on. And it was a positive model to like see their yep. children in the workplace. Yep. But 
uh, it definitely isn't me. Yes. <laughs> now that I discover that, yeah. I thought that I could be that type of woman. And I also had to grieve that I'm not that type of woman. Yeah. Um, so then when I became pregnant, it was like everything in my body changed and slowed down. And I'd kind of been sitting with moving away from acting for a while in the months leading up to becoming pregnant. It was like it had already started to shift into my bones a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we were actually overseas when I felt pregnant. I've just like gone into my story. I'm supposed to be telling you about myself no, and I've somehow go, launched into the Go into the, the story. story. It's organic. Life. It's flowing. It'll get there in the end. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, we were overseas. I was traveling with my partner, my husband overseas, and we were like super living the gypsy lifestyle. And I had planned to come back and go back to doing shows mm-hmm. and back into my work in musicals. Um, and while we were overseas, we were in France, like drinking wine, eating pastries, eating cheese, just having a deliciously glorious time. And I became pregnant. And when I look back now, like it was so obvious that I was, but I, <laughs> I did not know. I had no idea. And it yeah. was a shock. And I had a lot, a lot, a lot of surprise and shock to process when it came up. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, well where to now and I still had this idea of yep I'm gonna go back to doing musicals I'm gonna we were in we didn't really have a base but we were planning to live in Melbourne at the time so we were overseas and we're gonna come back and find a home in Melbourne and we came back here to Perth after being overseas I was hideously morning sick like all day why is it called morning sickness yeah it's not in the morning (laughs) it was 24 hours like heaving my guts up it was on the extreme level. I didn't have to. Uh, well, I wouldn't have taken myself to hospital anyway. That's not my vibe. Yep. But um, it was definitely on the extreme yep. end of things. What, what do you think, and I've said this in previous podcasts, about the idea of that kind of, I had quite bad morning sickness the first time <laughs> as well. It's like a processing thing. It's like your body telling you to slow down and yep. you're kind of fighting against it. You're fighting against the pregnancy because it's such a big shock. Um <laughs> Even if it's not a shock, but people are having to kind of integrate that experience of being pregnant into their body. And if they're not listening and if they're not kind of integrating it and allowing them time to rest, then your body just goes, okay, I'm going to throw you some really bad morning sickness. So you actually listen. Yes. And then you still might not. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Like I can't agree with you more. I would have kept going and I still did try to. Like it was hard because we didn't have a home and I think a part of my morning sickness was that like longing for some sort of grounding stability but as a traveling actor I'd never really had stability before in my life so it was almost like my first I'd never really wanted it it was my first um like home coming home sickness like as well as morning sickness kind of coming up in my body and I just like I just need to sit I just need to to be still um which was a largely foreign concept to me. I totally agree. And even mm-hmm. just that having to wrap around my head around, I'm having a child, even though I've always wanted children, exactly. even though I always knew I'd want to become a mother, the fact that it's here now was such an mental, energetic, emotionally, mm-hmm. like big experience to actually grasp, right? Yeah. So I'm totally with you on that. That's exactly what my epic morning all day sickness was about. Yeah. And I also think if I hadn't had that, I wouldn't have come back to Perth. Yeah. Because it was that pulled me back 
to here to visit. I just wanted to see my mum. Mm-hmm. I just because she's that was my stability, right? That's yeah. my sense of rock that I was longing for. Yeah. So I ca- we came back to Perth, and I remember as soon as I landed here, my body was like, ah, yeah, ah, now you can rest. Like yeah. this is it. Yes. And we had flights booked to go back to Melbourne. We were meant to be going to a friend's wedding, and I could not leave. I could physically would like explode into anxiety and have vomiting fits mm-hmm. at the thought of getting on a plane yeah, and going. Yeah. yeah. Your body's um, just like screaming at you so strongly yeah. to listen to it. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was like stay yeah. and, and stop, stop moving. Stop. Yeah. You need to completely overhaul your life. And I feel like that's what for me being pregnant was, was it, it was a complete overhaul mm-hmm. and disintegration of this person that I'd been yeah. for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how old I was when I got pregnant. It must have been 31, I think, yep. or 32. I don't know. Yep. Um, yeah, just a complete let go of that person who I thought I was going to be forever. Yep. And like, no, nah, the road ends here and a yep. new one starts. Yep. And so you need to let go of everything. You need to physically move. You need to completely change the way you do your life. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't, been so ill for so because I think it was about maybe four and a half months like the first half of the pregnancy if I hadn't done that I don't know if I would have made the choices or ended up where I was Mm -hmm. right yep it's such a spiritual component to it oh yeah I think pregnancy is like the biggest spiritual growth I've ever had you know just like opens this whole new world you're like whoa and sometimes it's going so fast you're like slow down this is too fast for me but it's so amazing at the same time I love it I love I love pregnant women I love them so bad Um, yeah, so then I ended up here in Perth with no idea who I was going to be and what I was going to do, but pregnancy massively pulled me inward Mm -hmm. and I became super introverted and insular and kind of disconnected from everyone and everything, which was hard for a lot of people. I lost a lot of friendships. Mm -hmm. I, um, just couldn't show up like how I used to. And some people understood that some people didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I just, it was so nice to be here with my family yeah. and I knew that this was where I had to be and I could go to the beach every day. Yeah. And then, it's, yeah, it's almost like within a month of landing here in Perth, my sickness started to go and it lifted and I got that delicious like second trimester mm-hmm. loving life, feeling like a goddess like, yeah. and it was summer and life was beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I feel like throughout my pregnancy, I got to really experience the full gamut like it's really fucking hard and I can't get up and I'm vomiting up water and then I'm this beautiful blissful beach boho goddess and then I'm a really heavy waddling you know in pain to move version towards the end which I'm really grateful for like I think that my daughter's so smart even in spirit and she set me up so beautifully throughout everything to kind of evolve into the person that she was asking me to be even throughout pregnancy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, so then I had, yeah, I ended up in Perth and with a complete loss of identity and a complete um, rehaul mm-hmm. of who I was and everything. Um, I'm like, should I talk about now about what I do? So, yeah, uh, yeah we'll go into that and then I'll yeah, you yeah. can go back to the best stuff. So now, um, so my daughter is two and... I don't know how many months, two and a quarter, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. She's two. Yeah. Um, and 
I guess through like becoming her mom, I, I feel like my whole life I was searching for something else, this other little part of me that I couldn't fully find when I was working as an actor. I knew, always knew there was something else. And I was a yoga teacher. I like did healing courses. Um, before I became pregnant, I was studying womb healing mm. and like all of those feminine arts. And I'd done all these different things. None of it stuck. And then I had her and I was like, oh, I get it. This mm -hmm. is like where all the pieces come together. Yeah. So now I just love on women's bodies and how they express themselves and my business and my work now is helping women to reconnect to their body's wisdom primarily through their voice and the sounds that they make and feeling safe to express everything that goes in their bodies their emotions their feeling states and to just like feel that sense of homecoming I guess back to this beautiful body that we have and all yep. of the peeling back all the conditioning that yes. we've played like had placed upon us as we've gone through in life as women that have just shut down the mm -hmm. way that we use like our creative potential and yep. our voices and yep. our bodies in the world um and i know that that's so greatly linked to my initiation into motherhood and my the birth of her that allowed me to be like oh okay i finally get it this is where all the parts of myself that i've journeyed with and and loved along the years this is how they all come together yeah so i don't work um as an actor anymore in musicals which i'm actually so happy about <laughs> which i never thought i'd be yeah. and i love being on the other side and getting to use all of those skills in a way just to support any woman every woman mm -hmm. I think this is what I think about acting. It's off topic. Cool. <laughs> but sometimes I feel like when you're acting, unless it's your own work that you've created, you're just, um, it's really f hard to find really aligned work. You yeah. know, you're telling stories that aren't your own, which is great if you can have a really awesome story and have a human perspective on a perspective on a human experience that's really different and interesting. But so much out there is just crap. Yep. <laughs> The stories we're telling to our daughters, to our sons, are not the stories that I want to be telling. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think always as I was auditioning for things or reading scripts or singing songs, whatever, there was always this layer of like, oh, I'm ha still having to adapt myself to fit this box that someone else has written about, that someone else has created and like drawn the lines of. And I'm the, the uh, task that's being asked of me is can I mold and adapt myself so wonderfully and excel at that, that I can fit into this box that someone else has created, mm -hmm. right? That was my entire career. I was always up for and understudying the blonde girl. Like mm. my, I, I it, like people can't say me, but I am like very definitely cork, not Caucasian, ethnically dark skinned, dark eyes, dark hair, dark yeah. eyebrows. Everything is of me is so not a white Australian woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> apart from probably the way I talk and the way I sing, which is why it, yeah. it fit their box. Yeah. Um, but it, it felt like this massive, like when I zoomed out, I was like, fuck, this is all of the ways that I don't want to teach my daughter about her place in yeah. the world. You know, I, I don't want to teach her that she has to fit into a box and I don't want her to see me putting on the wig and the clothes and the makeup of someone that I'm not and mm -hmm. telling their story. Like, that doesn't feel good and right at all. And 
I'm constantly like squashing myself to be that version. And then someone outside of me says like, yeah, you've done a good job. You fit the character. You nailed that. That's disgusting mm-hmm. uh, in now in mm-hmm. with no disrespect to any of my former colleagues, you know, and yeah. all of that is, is yeah. an amazing technical skill, skill. But for me and where I'm at, I needed to break free of every single part of me that was saying, hey, you're not okay as you are and Mm -hmm. in order to be successful here's the bunch of numbers that you need to hit here's the boxes that you need to tick and when you effectively fit inside that yeah I totally agree with you about that um okay so you're saying that you're in this world you were in this world you've fallen pregnant (laughs) it's a big shock you've come back to Perth the morning sickness was telling you you know, to listen to it and Mm. listen to your body, listen to your daughter. Um, How did you decide on home birth or free birth? Talk to me about that. Mm, Yeah. So beautifully enough, my brother and sister-in-law had fallen pregnant almost exactly nine months before we had. Yeah. So as we'd watch them navigate it, they decided they were having a home birth. Mm-hmm. Mario and I started just being like, okay, cool, what would we do? And I had a couple of other um, close friends at the time that were having babies and it was already in my sphere. And for me, like hospital was just never, ever an option. Yeah. I never would have. So I always knew that, yes, hospital was not for me. So that was an easy breezy decision. was mm-hmm. never going to go down that path. Um, and was always like, yep, okay, we'll have it at home. And we'd already had that discussion before becoming pregnant, so that was good. Uh, And then I thought that I was going to have a home birth with a midwife, and that was my plan. And I originally thought it was going to be in Victoria because that's where we had decided that we were going to be before we came here to Perth. So I'd started looking for um, home birth midwives in Victoria and had found like quite a few that really interested me. And funnily enough, one of them was Martina because we were going to be in the Mornington Peninsula kind of way. Mm -hmm. And she was my like front runner. I was like, oh my God, this woman sounds exactly like what I would want um, at my birth. And then we had decided to move to Perth. So that kind of got put on hold. And we got here when I was about four months, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think... I'm not sure if it was then or, but at some point during my pregnancy was when everything went down with like home birth midwives and her, her license got suspended. Oh yeah. At some point in my pregnancy. So I was pregnant in 2008. I became pregnant August, 2008. And so all of a sudden it became really difficult to get a midwife to support the type of birth that I wanted. Cause I knew that I wanted a super hands off like mainly unassisted autonomous birth. I, but in my mind, I just wanted a midwife to just be there. And I think one of your former people said like, just to love on you. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted an elder woman to mm-hmm. be present, to hold the space. Yeah. And just to be there, just that like energy and just to, I don't know, just, just to be present. Yeah. Um. So I was really clear about that. And we hadn't had any scans. We had no ultrasounds, no nothing. And I think so by then I was about four months and I was really clear that I didn't want to continue to have one mm-hmm. at any point. Had you been to a GP no. or anything? No, nothing. No, no, no. I did take a pregnancy test yep. because that was mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. I did not expect it. Yeah. But as soon as I saw, like we took a pregnancy test, a home one, but I never mm-hmm. had any bloods done or yep. yeah, went to a GP or anything. Awesome. Um, I just never needed to. Mm-hmm. Like. 
Didn't I was like, cool, that. I'm pregnant. Yep. And now my body knows what to do yep. and I trust it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd come off the back of like perfectly aligned doing this amazing deep, deep, deep womb work. I always find that so interesting. Like, you the know, pre-journey. Yeah. Like yeah. same for me. Like I was really in line with my cycles and really yes. getting into it. And then intellectually saying, no, I'm, I don't want to fall pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, but you've done this preparing work. For it. <laughs> it's so cool, isn't it? Yeah. And like when you actually stop that and look back, you're like, oh my God, I was like for the six months prior doing this epic clearing and energetic yeah. like preparation for it without really knowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. magic. I love that too. Yeah. I love it when you, and exactly like unexpectedly. And I'm pretty sure she appeared to me, like the spirit of my daughter appeared to me like three months before we conceived her. And I remember when Mario and I were getting ready to go away, I remember actually saying to him, are we meant to conceive a child when we're in Greece? And just having this like concept of of it. And then we were both like, nah, and we like swiped it away. Yeah. And then she came through, not not in Greece, but a couple of weeks before we were there. Yeah. So it's it's funny how you exactly intellectualize over it and go, yeah. nah, that's not the right time. Yeah. I'll know when it's right. I'll know when it's meant to happen. Yeah. Nah. Exactly. How did she come in actually? I'm interested to know. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. So we were traveling through mainly Europe and we were in France. And at the time I was like super deeply into Mary Magdalene. Oh, yeah. And so I was traveling a lot of her sacred sites and lands just on my own, like, thing. I'm never one for really joining any, like, groups. And I was just like to do my own do my own thing. So yeah. it was just a bunch of places I felt really cool to go to. Yeah. Um, and we were in France and I just was so, so happy to be there. And we were in a – this, like, little – eco lodge run by this amazing German couple (laughs) Um, just in the middle of the mountains in the south of France and actually it's a really cool journey I did write um, an Instagram post about this once yeah Um, I was super angry like fucking furious one of those like fuck the patriarchy of women, the suppression of women, like anger moments of my life mm-hmm. and just breaking down like that in such a big way. And we were staying out in this like little chalet, had an outdoor kitchen, had an outdoor bathroom, everything. So you always had to go outside to do things. It was just the bedroom that was inside. Mm-hmm. And um, we must have left some things out, some sweet things or out food out in the outdoor kitchen, but some wasps came to live. And these are like European... I don't know, not Australian wasps, like giant zombie wasps. (laughs) (laughs) And one day I like walked outside and this epic wasp just came out of nowhere and dive bombed me and stung me on my finger, but left Mario completely alone. And I ran back into the house. I was like, oh my God. And for like the next 48 hours, anytime I would go outside, no matter like how long I would leave in between it, this wasp would find me and it, just only me. Mario never got stung. I got stung like four or five times. So fascinating. Always on the left hand. Mm, so the feminine. Feminine, right? Yeah. Like how cool. So the fingers on my left hand were completely swollen, covered in wasp bites. I could not go outside without this wasp finding me day or night. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was agonizing. So everything in my body was red, hot. Like my hand was on fire. We're in the middle of nowhere. I didn't really have any access to anything I remember just 
like we had apple cider vinegar so i tried to put it on the wasp bites to take some of the sting off i put my hand like in the freezer just would stand with it in the freezer but i was just raging inside and in the midst of all of that we conceived her and in the above the bed where i conceived her was a picture of a red rose oh wow like all of these little pieces that i see linked together and i remember i'm fairly certain i know the moment of conception too it was like just this experience of being catapulted out of my body almost mm-hmm. and I like access to it's, it's such a weary thing for me to say but i really do feel like i traveled into some cosmic void almost like mm-hmm. when that like spark took yeah um so even though we weren't planning it i do think i knew the moment of conception Mm -hmm. but yeah she was like just born in this sea of like feminine angst and then from the moment as after i conceived her before i knew i was pregnant the next couple of weeks i was like a mess i was all of the feelings which so like sets me up for what i do now for work even from her very like before she was really formed when she was still dividing. She was taking me through this like roller coaster of being yeah. in everything. And I look back now and go, oh my God, of course you were pregnant. I was like crying and screaming and yelling and like chucking tantrums and everything. My poor partner. <laughs> but he must have, I just don't know how he did that part. He was really amazing. Um, yeah. But then at the same time, and I've said this before as well, you know, you can say like you're being crazy or whatever or irrational, but actually you may be more in tune and more rational and more clear, but people are a little bit scared of that energy when you're pregnant, you know, it's Absolutely. like really people are scared of that energy all the time. Exactly. But it's like... just intensified sometimes because I feel like we've tapped into our kind of spiritual core when we're pregnant. And so then we're expressing it and people are like, whoa, this is an irrational, crazy pregnant lady. It's totally. like, no, it's actually not. Yeah. And because like, unfortunately mainly in society we depict pregnant women as these like glorious you know venusian pleasure goddesses which are just like beautiful and calm and fertile and breezy and which is definitely a beautiful part of pregnancy and i loved that part but mainly pregnancy is chaotic yeah a roller coaster like uncertainty it's it's fuck it's huge right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i it's another part like it's extreme version of being the feminine and we definitely don't have a picture of that being safe yeah or really familiar yeah exactly yeah yeah um okay so that was the conception now let's go back to martina yeah she was no longer an option yep you came back to Perth. Yeah, we came to Perth. I started Googling home birth midwives. I only found, I think three. I think it's actually crazy to look now at the amount of midwives or even doulas. I, it's just only 2018, so it's not many years ago. Mm-hmm. But my options were so limited back then. Mm-hmm. There was hardly anyone. And I think it's because it was in the midst of that insurance like chaos in oh, yeah. the home birth industry. So no one really wanted to do anything. Mm. And especially in Perth, everyone was like, no, 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 you just go through the family birth center. Like yeah. everyone just goes through that. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Yes. I felt like when I moved to Perth, everyone was really complacent with home birth. Yeah. They were like, 
oh yeah, you could just um, get the CMP, the community yeah. midwifery program, the government program, and it's really great. I'm thinking that was like the only option, or yeah. three midwives in the whole of Perth. This was at least back yeah. then. I know it's different now. Yeah. But yeah, and I was like, there's no way I don't want to go through CMP. I hear that all of those people were like, like it's amazing and it's great, but I wanted nothing to do with the hospital system. Yeah. <laughs> Zero percent. <here>. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's the, no autonomy in that. You know, even no. if you were into hospitals, they're telling you what to do. Yeah, and I didn't want to waste the precious energy that you have as a pregnant woman on having to say no to mm-hmm. everything. Exactly. Like, uh, no, that's that's not where I wanted to put my energy. That felt like such a waste. Why fight it? So, and I see so many people do this. They go, oh, well, I'm going to have a free birth or whatever, but I'm still going to attend the appointments and I'm just not going to go in. I'm like, but you've wasted your whole pregnancy yes. fighting and just putting yourself in the wrong headspace rather than just doing what you want yes and just do the work on yourself exactly that's the beautiful part about pregnancy it naturally comes up like Mm -hmm. it takes you if you stay open to it and listen it takes you everywhere that you need to go to shift and heal and be with everything that needs to come up before you can step into the place that you need to be to birth Mm -hmm. it's it's self-designed you don't need to interfere with it you know like you if you're willing to go there it'll take you yeah so you just need to listen and show up i guess yeah um but yeah, so I I met. I think I'd like called one midwife. She'd we'd set up an appointment, and then maybe like two days before, she called me and said, "No, no, no, I can't do it anymore." There was so many beautiful signs that I was always meant to free birth. Yeah. Um. And then we did meet up with two midwives, and I just felt blah. Yeah. And my beautiful, amazing um, husband. He actually from the very beginning said to me why do we need a midwife? Like, why don't you just do it? You, you know, like, you know what to do is the best. Yeah. Um, and he said, I think you could, I think we can just do it ourselves. And I was like, I don't know. Like I, I still really wanted that other person there. Like I definitely didn't come to free birth straight away. Yeah. Um, but, and then after meeting these midwives, he said to me, you know, like, but how did it feel? Like, how did it feel in your body? Did you feel excited? He knows how to ask the right questions yeah. to me. He said, did you feel excited? Did you feel drawn to them? And I just felt nothing. I felt numb almost mm. when I thought about either of them being there or even just being around me. And it wasn't that they weren't lovely, like they really were. And yeah. I know that they could have given and do give women an amazing birth experience. It definitely wasn't anything negative. I just had no pull mm-hmm. and it was like I was moving away from my feeling, I guess, by choosing that route. Yep. So I think it was, we were probably about six months in, five or six months in when we went, okay, it's time to make the decision. We're just going to do it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, which was so good. I feel like once he'd been gunning for it all along, yeah. <laughs> but once I actually came to peace with that and like made that actual resolution. Yeah. It was the best. Yes. And I remember I, that. It oh. takes some, did it take you some time? Because I kind of yeah. made the decision and then I sat with it for like, I don't know, a week or two weeks. And I was just like going over my head. Okay. Is this the right? Yep. Felt into it. And then when I made the final decision, I was just like this big sigh of relief of like, this was always what I wanted. And totally. I don't know why I went anywhere else. <laughs> I know, but it's kind of like, I think that's important because I think then it means that we understand the level of responsibility. Yes. Because it is like, I yeah. think for a woman to step into autonomously birthing her baby, 
it requires her to really understand what that means for herself, for her child, for the yep. people around her. It's a yep. big responsibility. Yep. It's a big education. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's good <laughs> yep. Yep. that we paused and really took that yep. into consideration. But we could also flip it of what a big responsibility it is to go to hospital. Yes. And well, then the responsibility is outside of yourself. Exactly. It's your responsibility to give that power away to other people and what that means and what research have you done to understand that these kinds of, you know, obstetric violence or birth mm. rape or, you know, malpractice and um, things that happen. Yeah. Unnecessary surgery, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, either way, we should be making these decisions about our birth very um, – well, aligned, but just really sitting informed. with it, informed, because, mm. you know, people do more research on what kind of car to get than what kind of birth they have. Yeah. I asked somebody the other day, just a 40th, I said, what kind of um, birth? She's trying to conceive. And I said, and so what birth are you planning? And she just looked at me like, what do you mean? <laughs> She's like, um, a safe birth? <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. And what does that mean to you? She was like, um... Oh, I don't know. Um, whatever the doctor says, I was like, "Oh, good luck!" Oh. <laughs> Handing your power right away, like yeah. you haven't to a flawed system, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um. Sorry. So, yeah, you you made the decision, and then you finally were like, "Yep, yeah, okay, we're doing this rebirth thing." And Mario was like, "Yes." He was always like, "I knew it all along." <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I just loved listening to stories of women who had free birthed. And yeah. I think that's uh, – I did, like, learn a lot. I loved researching it. I loved mm -hmm. um, becoming informed. But I mainly loved hearing incredible stories of women who'd already done it. Yeah. It was the most inspiring for me. Yeah. And just talking to my body and my baby and it just felt so right. Mm -hmm. And I, it's funny, like, I don't think I ever doubted it. It took me a while to get there. But when I look back, the same as you, I think I'd always known it all along because uh, the closer we got, I never doubted my decision. I only got stronger and yeah. more had more faith yeah. in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'd actually decided to have my mum and Mario and a friend there as well to yeah. support us. And it ended up being only just my mum and okay. Mario. So okay. it ended up being even more like free birth, <laughs> yeah. even more just insular, yeah. um, which was what Aria was always pulling me to. Like, I didn't ask you, what was your birth like? You don't have to go into detail, but with your mum, like how oh, were yeah, you born? Cool. Um, my mum gave birth in a hospital. It was natural by yeah. her, um, <laughs> her words. She gave birth naturally, me saying, okay, so did you like, does that mean you didn't have any like intervention like what does that mean for you and she was like oh well I had the gas and I was yeah. like okay well I I don't know if that's actually natural it's un, that's not unmedicated <laughs> you yeah. know like all the different terms yeah, that we yeah, have yeah. the 80s versus now it's really cool and interesting yeah um but she definitely felt empowered yeah. I'd say um and she I'm not too sure like whether she was <laughs> lying down or I'm not too sure how she navigated the labor itself, but for her, it definitely wasn't a traumatic experience. It was an empowering experience and she felt like she was able to access it. She didn't have an epidural. So she felt everything that was going yeah. on physically. Yeah. Um, but I had this craniosacral session a couple of months ago. Um, and I remembered being in the birth canal and having this feeling of someone touching the top of my head mm. and it feeling so scary 
terrifying and me wanting to like put, I could literally feel a hand on the, like the very crown of my head. And I went back to mom and I said, you know, what happened? Like, did you have any vaginal exams or anything? Cause I, I have this memory come back. And she said that she was definitely checked to see how dilated she was. And I think she might've had like a stretch and sweep. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't informed of it at mm. the time. Cause that's what it felt like to me. And she said that he did check. I, th- I think in her words, she said he checked her membranes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to hear like the differences in just in this short, like 30 years of the way that we, the terms that we use for birth and stuff. And even yeah. though it was super empowering for her, I have these memories of intervention yeah. and of like actively feeling that. And I still have it in my cells. Yeah. Uh, but and were you number one? Yeah, number one first. And I was like straight to the to the chest and mum yeah. had me. We weren't separated. Yeah. Um, did She did cut, have my cord cut straight away. Uh, yeah, so you. And did you have siblings? Yeah, I've got a younger brother. Okay. He's three years younger than me. Okay, so you don't you weren't that present at that birth? No, I wasn't. I would, yeah. How cool we Like yeah. I could have been. But no, she she was in hospital for both. Um, both, both the same. She both gave, gave birth vaginally for both him and me and both largely unmedicated. Yeah. So that was really cool. And, but she did have a cool story with my brother where the doctor, it was Christmas Eve. He was born and the doctor said something to her like, um, I'm just like going to need you to hold on or something for like a day or two. And to, because her doctor had gone away and mum was like, absolutely not. I don't care who comes. This is my body's like, we're doing it. We're doing it now. And I was so proud of her like back then for being like, yeah, you can't, you can't hold it. How can you ask a laboring woman to hold on? That's just, what are we that's doing? absurd, right? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Anyway. Um, okay. So we keep getting sidetracked. I love it. I'm just full of sidetracks. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you decide on this free birth and Oh, what does Mario do? Like, he sounds yeah. so open-minded. He is super open-minded. He's done so many different random things. Now his current, like, evolution of himself is he works in lawn, gardens, okay. cutting down trees, yeah. everything to do with the outside and the maintenance and care yeah. of it is yeah. his vibe. Okay. He loves working outside. Um, but beautifully enough, while we were pregnant and in the first couple of months of Aria's life, he wasn't working. Oh, nice. He'd worked for ages in the mines before we met. Mm-hmm. So we had a bunch of savings. Mm-hmm. So he just got to be there, yeah. which was like so precious. How yeah. Like so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So he was just doing lots of different things that he felt like it then. But yeah. now we're like very much in the, I don't know, really grind phase of our lives where we work and parent and yeah. don't have magical gypsy adventures like yeah. we used to. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, okay, so second trimester, you said you felt really good. Yeah. And this was when you decided on the free birth. Yep, yep. And I just, like, I had so much stuff that came up, but I always trusted in the process of pregnancy. Yeah. And I was like, yep, this is here mm-hmm. so that I can step into the birth, like mm-hmm. kind of what you were saying, step yep. into the birth of that I know that I want. Yeah. Um, and I, I loved, I loved it. I loved doing it. I worked my butt off, but I loved doing it. Mm-hmm. And I loved, yeah, just the process of, I loved having that, especially after such a hard like first and half second trimester yeah then it was so nice to just be like okay cool i'm here doing all the stuff yeah um and you obviously told your mum that you were free birthing and how did she feel about that yeah 
it was hard for my parents. They trust everything that I do. And I've always been like the one that steps outside of the system and doesn't follow the rules. So I don't think it was a surprise to them. And if I'd said I was going to hospital, that would have been more of a surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they absolutely supported it, but my mum definitely had fears come up because I'd asked her to be there. Yeah. Like I'd said, you need to be at the birth. And it was because I said, Aria wants you to be at the birth. Like she's, yeah. She came, She actually came to me and said, these are the people that I want there. And I said, this is your job. Like I kind of um, said to her, like the same way that Mario and I are like clearing our staff so that we can step into the people that Aria wants us to be at this birth. You're actually being called into that as well. So she had fears come up of like, what if and what if and what if and what if? And yeah. I just was like, cool, this is your work. You know, yeah. this is, I want you there. I believe in you. I know you can do this. Yeah. And she was amazing. She like so gracefully did stepped in and did her work. Yeah. And I think when I spoke to her um, after the birth, I think she, at a few moments she did still have fear come up in like the actual labor, but yeah. she never showed it to me. Like yeah, neither wonderful. of them ever like pulled me out of my space. I feel so grateful and blessed and that I chose this way because I really felt like I could be fully present in yeah. myself and like descend so fully and the people that – I'd chosen to be there was so respectful. Yes, I feel exactly the same. Oh, yeah. how grateful. Like, yeah. how beautiful to have that. Very similar so to you. Um, yeah, my mum was there and... Oh, okay. She was... A, I don't think she was that nervous. But, yeah, she just trusted trusted me. She was like, yeah, I know... they know that I, we've I, got it. I know who you are and you are completely... Um, I don't think she ever felt any fear in the birth, though, I don't think. I mean, she had five. Oh, wow. In hospital, though. But, yeah, all very fairly natural births, except me. Yeah. Um, it's just epidural, but, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> an induction. Um, yeah, but it's so nice that you have such a beautiful relationship with your mum because I know a lot yeah. of people don't have that. And yeah. I think that is beneficial or this is where – you know, a birth keeper or a doula or a trusted friend can be really helpful. Yeah, totally. Exactly. I knew that I needed someone else besides just me and Mario. And it, and once again, like, I think this is all down to personal preference, Exactly. Right? Everybody's um, different. Some people want to birth alone. Yeah. Completely exactly. alone. No partner, no nothing. Totally. And I really thought actually that I'd be the type of woman like in my birth plan-ish, I was like, you know, I'm probably just going to be want to be in my own space. So just let me do me and don't disturb me. Turns out I was like attached to someone for the entire labor. I never wanted to be alone ever. Yeah. I think someone like my mum left the room at one point and I was like, no, come back. <laughs> like it was so interesting to see like where your labor takes you because mm -hmm. like, you're into such a subconscious part yes, of yourself yeah um so instinctually i knew that i needed another person there because it meant that one of them would be doing tasks and then the mm -hmm. other person was physically holding me up yeah um so i'm so grateful that she was there and I, I i don't know when we have another child i don't know my feeling is like i will have people around um probably still my mum and you know obviously my daughter again mm -hmm. uh but it felt good to yeah. have her there yeah Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we go into the labor? No, not really. Okay. So let's go into the labor. How many weeks were you? I was 41 weeks and four days, I reckon. And that's yeah. by my own yeah, yeah. calculating, you know, yeah. like my guest 
guesstimation of the conception date. Yep. Um, yeah, and I'd been to my acupuncturist the day before because uh, she helped me so much with my nausea. Mm-hmm. And then it just felt so good to be there. But we just like chatted about anything. She didn't uh, do anything particularly. I was like super like chilled with mm-hmm. the timing of things. I was like, she's going to come when she's going to come. Yeah. Um, but she, I remember going to see her and she said to me, I think this is the last time you're coming in. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. Well, we'll just see how we go. I might book an appointment for next week, you know? And yeah. she was like, I don't think I'll see you again. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then the very next morning, I lost my mucus plug first and um, I remember just being really excited, like being like, oh my God. And I messaged some friends, like took pictures of it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I've lost my mucus plug. Is this it? And they were like, yep, that's it. Um, and then we went for a walk and uh, around the park and it just started like super chilled. It was like a really nice morning. Um, and I remember having like pretty light, contractions like I could still exist mm-hmm. and Mario had a massage booked for that day <laughs> <laughs> which was my mom had gifted him like and it was meant to be like a have some time out to yourself before the baby comes and like relax before you have to like step into supporting Elise and like thing <laughs> helping her through it and I remember him checking in with me and him being like oh you know how are you feeling and I was like no you can go like it's they're really light and I said it could be days you know if this is super early labor like I could be like this for a day three days a week you know who knows um and I was like okay cool and I think when we chatted later he goes I didn't know you were in labor and I was like yeah I told you but it's early labor like we don't actually know how long it can go on for right um and I was so prepared I was so prepared for prepared for it to last days in that space yeah so I went to my mum's house and was hanging out with my mum and he was off having like a delicious relaxing <laughs> massage with his phone off. Um, and I was outside and it was over like I think by about 3 p.m. The, that afternoon they'd gotten like pretty close, like maybe seven minutes apart or so and they were getting longer and that, I was still could still talk, like it wasn't active labour yet. Yeah. Um, and then he got back to my mum's house in the afternoon, like super chill, hair oiled, like just <laughs> loving himself. And I was like, we need to go home. I'm having this baby. He was like, oh, okay. Um, all right, let's go. <laughs> and I said, I want to get in the car before it gets like, I don't want to be in the car when, you know, the contractions are really intense. Yeah. That's just not a part of anything that I desire. Yeah. So we got in the car and we drove back to our place and my mum got all of her stuff and her prep stuff that I'd asked her to um, have and followed us back. And I think we got back at maybe like 6 p.m. or so. And it stayed, it, it definitely progressed. I'm not sure. I, I My mum timed my contractions like a couple, a handful of times, maybe five times throughout the whole thing. Um, I never timed them. So I'm not sure how like far apart or anything I was then, but it was getting pretty freaking intense. And I reached the stage of I need to be on the toilet and poo out my life <laughs> forever. And all I wanted to do was get off the toilet and I could not get off the toilet. <laughs> and I was really shocked. I had epic back labor. Yeah, I'd never, I'd had like um, my acupuncturist like intuitively feel where the positioning was and like, looked at spinning babies and stuff and Mm -hmm. she was head down and we knew that so I was like sweet 
I trust my body. As long, even if she wasn't, I still yeah. would have trusted my body. Yeah. But I knew she was in like engaged head down. Yeah. Um. But I think she must have been like. I don't know. She must have been doing a big ass turn, right? Yeah. During her, the labor, she must have been rotating like crazy because I had epic back, like back pain. Yeah. And I could hardly stand. Yeah. Um. So I was really like glued down to something, like down to the floor on the toilet. Well, my mum just held me up. God, she was a superwoman. She physically held me up for like hours and hours and hours. And I just remember being in that place of, fuck, this is so much harder physically than I expected it to be. Yeah. And still wanting to go there for a, a large part of that, that bef- up leading up to transition, I was in the place of almost trying to make myself have the baby. Like I was so determined or so like empowered but like too much not yeah almost like okay well why isn't this happening then like if i'm here i'm ready for it why doesn't it feel like it's progressing and we yeah. know that it, it yeah. is right yeah, yeah, but it yeah. was really cool to see my mental conditioning of how just how i operate playing yeah. out of it was still in that moment really hard for me to surrender yeah, to it and absolutely. Yeah. to be okay with the just intensity. And not, well, for me, this might not be you, but fighting it, like yeah. the intensity. Just yeah, like, totally. Oh, this is so full on yet. Why isn't it progressing? Remember, instead of going the second time, I was like, allow, bring oh. it on faster, harder, <laughs> go. There's a part of me that's really excited to have another baby for that reason. Exactly. Like, yeah, I, so I, I don't think you could know. Without, I know. How could you know without having done it before? Exactly. I think I went in really naively a yeah, little bit. Me too. I had done a lot of research, a lot of research. But again, if you'd ne- not ever done it. How could you know? How could you know? And I'd seen my mum give birth the last two times. Oh, and wow. She was such a rock star. Like She just looked, I don't know. Because again, when people look at you in labour, it they don't doesn't. See. They don't see what's going on in your head. It looks no. like and and the internal, like it's so in your internal structures are yeah. like recalibrating. No one can yeah. see that. Exactly, exactly. And I was just like, "Whoa, this is so much more full on than I ever thought it was going to be." Totally, I was so shocked by that. Like, yeah. I really thought <laughs> with that. The place that I was at in myself that I was going to like put on some nice music and drum and like swivel my hips. I really did. And like I'd be, I thought I was a goddess, like rock star. I so get that. And not that I thought that it would be easy, but I thought that I'd be up to the challenge. Yeah. You know? And I, know I was exactly like, fuck, this is so much bigger than that. I'm not up to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember the labor starting the first time and just putting music on and yeah. I was like, I've got this man. <laughs> totally. And then it just started amping. I was like, fuck. Oh, it's so cool. Like I love being on the other side and seeing it. And like now I have such reverence for that, but yes. only because I've been through it. Yes. Like I, you just – it's one of those amazing things about labor and birth. You just, I don't think you can ever physically comprehend it in yourselves mm-hmm. until you've. Yeah. And I think also it. the world feeds us the wrong shit. Like every home mm. birth video. Oh my gosh. I'm so, yes, this is such a the thing of mine. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks so beautiful. And we've got the nice whale music on behind. And yep. everyone's just breathing through those contractions. And I was like, Let's hear some vocal. I mean, this would be your shit, right? This is the last thing that I just made. Like I yeah. just, thus in July, 
I did a two-day workshop, two-week workshop yeah. um, for pregnant women around accessing their wild voice yeah. because of exactly this reason. There are, yeah. I'm so grateful for the amount of home birth videos that are out there, right, yeah. of women being in pools with their partners and being the first person to touch their babies. Magnificent. Yeah. yeah. But where are the ones where people are like, exactly. you know, where is that? Yeah. And that's a, such an important massive part of birth and I think like powerful exactly really powerful so powerful using that voice that energy yeah and and even um like from a physiological perspective we know this now because it's all around the doula world it's like the links between your voice your cervix your uterus everything Uh, there's so many amazing links that when you open your voice it just naturally opens yes you know that canal we know this yes but exactly what you say. I don't think we really see it. So I just recently was like, okay, we need to like make a safe space to explore this. Cause I think that it might be confronting for birth to be the first place where you do it. Absolutely. Because you're, you're not fully present or, mm-hmm. and you're largely in a subconscious you yep. know, space. So yep. I was like, let's just, I just want to make a space where women get to make uncomfortable edgy sounds mm-hmm. whilst being pregnant so yes. they're already i was saying this exactly to <laughs> M, another um birth keeper over east exactly this um i was saying how sometimes i get my clients to act out the birth and yes. physicality and i was like and i said this to a client the other day i was like i know it might sound weird but this we don't like i don't know we're not runners and we just don't sit there and just watch videos of people running yeah, totally. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> oh, that's how you do running. And, oh, I've read a book on running. and <laughs> Oh, yes. But I'm never actually going to try running or try and emulate the actual race. Yep. I'm just going to watch it. Yeah. So we need to get into the physicality, into the voice. And I think this is, well, you can totally relate with the acting thing. Like, yep. yeah, accessing the body kind of work yeah. um, and voice work. Yes, because we definitely do not explore that at all. Most no. women don't explore that at all. No, and that's like giving a, birth. a super passion of mine and I'm I'm going to make so much more oh, around yay. this. Yeah, I, I just loved the last one that we did and I was like, okay, this is such a big part like of pregnancy that is just so powerful if we get to explore it what like what you say before and yeah. and be witnessed in it like yeah. so that you don't have to be the first time you make a really big epic sound is around someone else's during birth and also that it's not a bad thing because you know yeah. like for you and I when we started making these noises we're like what the fuck's wrong with us why am I not handling this or <laughs> I don't know this what was going through my head I'm like why is this? And it's like, no, this is exactly how you should be. You should yes. be making these big primal sounds. And You're it's, on path yes, if you do that. Exactly. Bring yeah. it on. Yes. yes. Um, rather than trying to go, oh, but all those videos I saw, everyone was nice and quiet and just breathing their baby out. Yes. And that's exactly it. Because I did all that workshop too about breathing a baby out. Or yeah. the thing is. And hypnobirthing. Hip- imagining your. Yes. You know, flower opening up or whatever the fuck it is. I'm not it saying not that. not feel like a flower. Yeah. <laughs> Felt like a roaring lioness, you know. Yeah, and and all of the the way that I'd seen women use sound before was toning, which is so yeah. great. But like they're like, yeah. yes, you can use sound in labour, and here's the way you do it. Ah, yeah. right. Like I'm sorry, I was not capable. I'm so so amazed by the videos of the women that I see that can like chant and tone their babies in. It's not me. Yeah. That was not me. I could only make really really primal 
instinctual sounds. So yeah. it's like there is a space for safe sound in labor, but it's still pretty. Yeah. So pissed off with the prettiness yeah. <laughs> of everything to do with all of that. Like it can yeah. just go and fuck right up as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Exactly. I, I feel you. I feel you. But that was my labor journey was the yep. dance with that was yep. like, oh my God, this is actually even for me, who's pretty empowered in my expression from like all of my acting training mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. I'm able to make big sounds and take up the space in the room. Still, mm-hmm. it was so confronting for me to meet that like you say and I still really wanted to shy away from it Mm -hmm. and not fully allow myself to actually meet the intensity and the pain like head on and and merge into it Mm -hmm. like it was really hard that was my pain my point my barrier point of like actually you know, we use this term surrender all the time, yep. but like it's meant to be like, a, oh, like it's still pretty, it's yes, still pretty, exactly. like a pretty surrender yeah. instead of a like, fuck, this is really hard yes. and I have to surrender into how fucking hard this is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> because yeah. when you do surrender, it stops being hard as well. Yeah. It starts to flow even though it's still intense. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's different. It's yeah. different. I don't know. Maybe it's semantic. I don't know. But Maybe yeah. Definitely. Yes. So that was my cool like I love my transition moment as well yeah so I'd been in I feel like I'd been in there for hours um I don't know how long it would have been I had I probably I think my labor all up was maybe from the moment my I lost my mucus plug to the moment she was born was maybe 17 hours so it wasn't super long in terms of it's felt really long and that whole day you said you were still not that active it started to ramp up about it was like 6 p.m and she was born at 2 Okay. So, yeah. Uh, 2 a.m. the yep. next morning. Yep. Um, so, it, but it, it felt really, long. it felt really long. Yeah. And so, um, when I hit transition, so around like, I'm going to say it was 11 p.m., but like in true feminine form, my time is completely off. It was sometime before midnight. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, that's it. I can't do it anymore. Like, I'm out. And, and I said to mom and I said to Mario, do you know what? I'm just going to go lie down in bed. Yeah. I'm going to have a little sleep. I'm fairly certain my contractions were like five minutes apart. So I don't know how I thought I was going to sleep. I was like, I'm just going to have a sleep and I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to try again. And they were so sweet. They were like, okay, cool. I'm sure. And they totally entertained me through my delusion that I could somehow sleep (laughs) through really intense, like minute long contractions. Yeah. Um, So I, but my mum actually listened to me. I said, you need to go home. She was like, I'm not going home. I was like, go home. So she's like, okay. So she lives two minutes down the road, yeah. easy. So she got in her car and she drove home and I went down and lay on the bed and I hope that Mario's okay with me telling his story, but I'm going to tell it because it's freaking good. Um, he went, uh, I was like just lying down. He went to the toilet and the toilet was right next to the bedroom and I was lying down and I heard him like absolutely crackle with laughter. Like all of a sudden this laughter just exploded out of everyone. I was like, what's going on? And he said, oh my God, you're not going to believe it. I was like, what? He goes, I've pissed all over the floor. I missed the toilet bowl and I've pissed all over the floor. And something about like the just insanity of that moment of like, I'm the pregnant one and he's missed. How's he fucking missed the toilet bowl? <laughs> pistol. The light was, I said, is the light on? He's like, yeah, the light's on. I was like, how did you do that? So I lost it, like erupted into the most deliciously big, 
full giggles and in that instant my water broke oh wow and like like pops like a balloon so i remember like hysterically laughing then going oh oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and i was lying down and so i like got up and kind of like cupped my hand over my vagina and ran to the toilet and then i got to the toilet where he just like moved out of the way and i let go and my water's like completely gushed out exactly where he'd weed so my amniotic fluid and his urine is like making a happy love dance on the, on the floor of the toilet i love it and i was like okay cool um yeah. and then it was it was like that's what i needed like talk about that surrender i needed yeah. that moment to get my head out of the masculine doing mm-hmm. achieving yes. space like i can't believe i was trying to like achieve my way through labor the the thought that I had any control over it so as soon as I let go and I decided to a rest but b like let myself do something pleasurable like laugh laugh. was exactly what my yes it was all my body needed yeah and then she was like great we're here like we're doing this I'm ready thanks mom and I feel like she almost did like kick me to to get the waters um loose so I lost them like straight away altogether um and then from that moment it was like on like Donkey Kong. It was yeah. epic and it was so beautiful to like sit back and see how that was exactly what I needed. And when that moment happened and I got out of the way, my body could do everything that it wanted to do yeah. all along. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then it was like probably two hours until she was actually born from that transition moment. And yeah. um, then I feel like it was like my favorite part of the labor yeah. from that moment onwards because it was almost like – like that surrender, I knew that it was happening then. Yes. And it was so hard to get to the point of surrender. But exactly like what you said, it wasn't that, you know, like my physical body was working so hard. It was still really intense, mm. but it felt good. Mm. It felt so good. And I was so happy to be there, to be yeah. doing it. And I felt finally so connected to my own knowing, my own voice. I could hear myself. I felt like I was like in my body. I was completely undistracted by everyone outside of me and that was like exactly where I wanted to be all along it took me you know a whole day to get there but it was perfect exactly um and then so I said like Mario got to call mom like she's got to come back like the baby's coming uh and I moved back out from the bedroom back into like our birth space yeah and you weren't having a birth pool I did have a birth pool okay yeah so then oh god so Mario had filled up the birth pool at some point during the night, like halfway. But then when I'd sent everyone home while I was lying down on the bed, he'd started to empty the birth pool because how beautiful is this? Everyone listened to me. Like they went home. He's emptying the pool. I don't understand looking back how they could actually have believed like a very pregnant laboring woman that she actually thought she was going to stall things. But like so beautiful that they listened to me so deeply that they started to dismantle it. It seems like it's exactly what you needed because your mum needed to leave he needed yeah. to piss on the floor so you I could needed some laugh. privacy yeah, exactly <laughs> i needed to like back yeah. off with like we're doing this now like yes get empty the birth pool we're not going to do it now like all the pressure well yeah the expectancy of yes. uh, like okay so when is this happening and i think this and is, they're all there for me and like it's a hard thing isn't it and i say this the other day again to somebody you know with the idea of a birth pool I'm not against, I always say this, but I'm not against it water birth. It is expectation birth, though. But there's, it's like, okay, so now we've set this up. Yep. You have to give birth now. And then if yep. you don't, you're like, 
oh fuck why is this here <laughs> why is this here and now the water's going cold and yes. oh my god and yes uh, and then exactly the same as people in your birth space they're like they're waiting for you to give birth and if you're not giving birth yet well why hasn't it happened and oh god now they're here and they're watching me and even though they're really you know um supportive or whatever it is yes it's still like a yeah waiting of things and that's completely um exasperated when you're waiting on a midwife or you Mm. have to get to hospital Mm. you know for us at least we can just say mum go home or whatever but it's much harder when you have to go to hospital and then give birth yeah, because I you're there. Imagine. Yeah, and it, and if like someone had intervened at that point, you know, yep. like how epic. Like my body was doing exactly what it needed to do. It was yep. so clever in the way yep. that it constructed it. But that could have been the point that someone could have said, oh, okay, we need to X, Y, Z, you exactly. know. Exactly. Let's get the syntocin uh, going yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Just needed um, a good laugh. Just needed a good laugh. But yes, no, I think you're right. And I think because by then, like I was getting tired, you know, it was, it was midnight and I was really aware that mum and Mario were getting tired too. Like at least I'm not sure if they were, but I did have that like, oh, they've already been here all night. They're going to have to be here through the morning. Like they're not going to sleep. Like I definitely had that expectation and I, you're right. Like I did need to go, okay, you know what, this needs to just come back to me and I need to let go of all of these people and all of these things so that I no longer have to live up to the expectations that they're all placing on me just by being here. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I so resonate with that. So then I said, you need to refill back up the birth form again because I really wanted to get in the water. Like I wasn't – I did have an idea that I was going to give in – give birth in the water because I had been obsessed with the ocean. Like yep. I'd swum in the ocean every day of my pregnancy. I wanted to live in the water in my pregnancy. So I thought that was definitely a safe, like welcoming yeah. space for me. Yeah. But you know, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Um, but I, but then I felt my body go, no, I really want to be in the water. Yeah. Uh, and I hadn't gotten in to then, even though the pool had been sitting there. So I said, <laughs> quickly, frantically, like have to put more hot water in and like get everything ready. But m- meanwhile, my labor was like just really rapidly mm-hmm. progressing. Yeah. Um, and then I remember them just doing stuff. And that was the time that I was, I wanted them to be in the room, but I wanted them to not be, I yeah. didn't need them to hold me up anymore. I wanted to be able to be in my own energy, in yeah. my own physical space. Yeah. So like, I can see you, but don't touch me. Yeah. And I wanted to be on the floor. Yep. And I was really, really earthed. And um, I just remember following my body of like wherever it wanted to be and, and like needing to lunge and needing to just like descend physically. Yep. And then I remember being on a towel and like <laughs> the sensation of like, oh my God, the baby's here, right? Which yeah. it wasn't, but it was like that almost crowning moment when it actually drops yes. in, like it's in between your pelvic bones now. Yes so cool and it shocked me and it was like beautiful and so smart because I I was so earthed physically and connected to the ground but I also at that moment stood up like Mm -hmm. as a moment to kind of slow myself and instinctively rose up I wasn't in the water yet and then I said I need to get in the water right now (laughs) and they were like okay cool so I, I got in the pool but when I got in the pool I think it was still a little bit cold and I slowed uh, yeah. And I wanted, but then I was so happy 
to be in the water. Yeah. But I just floated on my back and I was like, oh my gosh, this is delicious. Like I finally felt some relief. Yep. I felt yep. ease come back in a little bit. And I also didn't really want to leave that space. Yep. And so they let me have that for a while. And then Mario just like really gently came up to me and said, you need to get up. Like you can stay in the water, but you're, you're drifting and you need to come back. This is your time. Like you need to come back. I can totally relate to that. Oh, my God. It it's, felt so good. I yeah. could have stayed there forever. <laughs> yeah. You know that? Like, it's that beautiful liminal space, right? Yeah. Like, where you're just about to, you're just about to retrieve your baby, which I think is why undisturbed birth is so magical. Mm-hmm. Because if if you are, if you get to be it, if you get to have an undisturbed birth, yeah. that moment, you can actually feel yourself crossing between worlds. Yes. You can actually feel the moment when you are merging with your baby's soul, when they're starting to drop into this space of consciousness. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're not even here. Like mm-hmm. you're, it's, it's magic. It really is. And that's what I love. That's why I'm like massive advocate for physiological undisturbed birth in a space that makes you feel safe enough to go there. So I think that's why also there's like a sense of we remember that place. We know that place. It's it's our like soul origins, which I think is why it feels so safe and you, yeah. <laughs> you want to stay there. Yeah. And I'm certain like my body would have brought me back, I'm sure. Um, but it was just like a beautiful yeah. nudge on the shoulder by him of like, Harry, you got some work to do, sister. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. come back. Um, so then I was like, okay, I felt he was right. So I stayed in the water, but I just like moved uh, like into more of an upright position in the pool. And it was funny because as soon as I shifted just my physical space, the contractions came back so intensely, so strongly. And it was literally like a little on button. Yeah. <laughs> Switched on again. And I was like, oh, okay, here we are. And then I remember leaning over the pool and really feeling like that opening start mm-hmm. to happen. It kind of came on. I feel like once I was in the pool, I'm not t- sure how long it was, but it, it felt to me like it was really quick. Yep. And I remember at one point being like, oh, my God, this is this is really hard. Like this actually, that stretching point, you know, where they're actually like your skins, your tissues are physically expanding. Yep. And, and that the baby's head is, you know, like rotating as it comes through. That, that sensation itself, because it's, it's actually quite slow, right? Mm. And and you don't you're not really aware of how long you're going to have to sit in this in between phase with this head in between your legs, but it's it's just there, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, that felt really big. That whatever people call that ring of fire moment, yeah. and then like so perfectly chose the people in my space. Like oh my god, so perfectly. Then my mom really gently whispered in my ear hey Elise you're not making any sounds like you need to make sounds you need to use your voice this is this is who you are like you need to use your voice I remember going oh like fuck you're right I think I'd been it's just there's just so much going on I was almost overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by the sensations right that are happening and I'd stopped using my voice again so then I knew like when she said that I was like yep she's absolutely right and I just remember doing this big inhale and just going like, ah, and letting out the biggest, most delicious roar that I could have. And it was like instant alignment again. So all of these little nudges that like, they didn't come into my sphere, Mario and my mum often, but when they did and I filtered it through my body and I felt it, it brought me right back into where I needed to be. 
And as soon as I opened my voice, which is like, I guess why I'm so passionate about it now, was when I felt her actually start to crown and descend Mm. and actually start to emerge. And And also just acknowledging like what you said, like the vocal expression of how intense it was letting that meet the outside world made so much more space Mm -hmm. and ease in my body yeah and then I I remember just doing like a couple of really big primal roaring deliciously big sounds and I was still leaning over the birth pool and then I was like oh okay wow this is like I felt her this is her hair like this is her head this is amazing and then I just changed my position again and leant back and I remember it for me, I didn't feel like I ever had to push. It felt like <laughs> I had to move away from the push. It was so intense and so instinctual mm-hmm. that if I had done anything, it was like it would have been too much. Yeah. If I had done the slightest push or anything in any way, it would have been too much for my body because the just the sensation of my body, you know, ejecting her was so strong and yeah. so solid that I needed to get out of the way. I didn't even need to work with my body. I needed to like literally just get out of the way, mm-hmm. not even push with it, not even move with the surges, not anything, like completely get out of it Yep. and let it, my body completely take over, which once again, I'm so grateful that I got to experience. And I don't have much like, so I don't have much memory of doing anything. I just remember all of a sudden her head was out yeah. and then I had one more contraction and she bolted out into the water like a rocket. Yeah. Like I don't remember seeing her turn. I don't remember like anything. She just like literally was like, oh, there's her face and there's her entire being shooting out into the water. Yeah. And luckily it was the water and luckily Mario was in front of me. Like luckily yeah. we were set up into the perfect space because he was right there where she went into and I remember her eyes were open. Oh, wow. And she was looking straight at me. <laughs> then we had this, um, like, agreement, I guess, between us that we were going to really reverently pull her up to the surface from the water. And it was, this is like, my whole birth is about the dismantling of, like, every single nice, pretty, um, spiritual, like, spiritually conscious thing. The dismantling of all of that. Yeah. And it being... Big and loud and bold. I feel like that's just everything that she initiated me into. So we'd gone, yes, Mario will hold her. Like I'll touch her. Mario will hold her and we'll both hold her together and we'll really gently, slowly raise her to the surface and it will be like, you know, angels singing and just like (laughs) (laughs) all of these ridiculous perceptions that I had. The reality was she came out, her eyes were open. I locked eyes with her. I was exhilarated that I'd actually reached the top of this huge mountain. I screamed for joy, like with excitement. I grabbed her out of the water and pulled her to my chest straight away, like such beautiful mama instincts, right? Yeah, absolutely. But meanwhile, Mario was like, no, 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 that's not what we planned. (laughs) And I was like kind of stuck of like, oh, and I think I tried to put her back in the water. (laughs) And then he was like, no, 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 don't put her back in the water because you've already taken out. And I was like, fuck, what What do I do? And then put her back on my chest. So I had this like moment of totally going with my instincts and trusting my instincts, but then seeing the way that they impacted the person who I was doing it with yeah. and then going, oh, shit, that's 
impacted them. That's not wrongly. That's not what we said we'd do. Oh, I've got to try and change it, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And then a little bit of shame over like the reaction that I did have. Because my mum and I, mum and I were both like exuberant, like ecstasy personified, like 2am screaming, crying, laughing. And Mario was like the epitome of the masculine, just like quiet, steady, grounded. (laughs) But he was also a little bit stuck in what we'd said that we were going to do. And I'd done something as the feminine completely different to what he'd expected. So it was a bit of a sore point between us for a little bit. And we had to do quite a lot of like talking and healing that like for both of us, that it had been different to what we'd talked about. And for me that I hadn't felt complete like acceptance to be able to flow with yeah. myself in that moment. Yeah. And for him that I, he felt that I'd gone against what, we'd said that we were going to do together and I'd created a different experience. So yeah, it was funny that it ended up being just this kind of point of contention, but you know, I, I love it. And I, it made me advocate for mother led birth even more because like how beautiful, how much sense does it make to be like, I've made it to the top of this ridiculous mountain that no one else can do, but me that is happening to my body and my body alone and wanting to celebrate it. Like, yeah. and wanting to like the relief, you know, and once again, you don't know that. How could I have made a birth plan with him and not known that I'd need to celebrate the relief? <laughs> Absolutely. And also side. why giving the glory of the top of the mountain to somebody else? Totally. Exactly. It's exactly. like so many people. I mean, I bang on about this all the time. It's like, why do we suddenly give that most glorious moment to somebody else when we've done all the work, you know? Yes. This whole idea. I mean, look. I don't even know what I'm saying this of delivering babies. And- oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Yes. When someone says the doctor delivered my baby or so-and-so delivered my baby, I'm like, that's absolutely not what happened. It's like when it's like the start, so symbolic of starting to steal the feminine energy away right yeah. from the start, isn't it? Yeah. No, nope. mine, mine, or um, also stealing that trust of the mother's instinct and what she feels is right. Totally. I know it's that very instant and it's exactly like what you said, like taking away the, the celebration from yourself because that is empowering. Like, isn't that the most empowering part of like, I actually found that really hard and I did it. Yes. Oh, it's such a, a, yes, such a good feeling, right? Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I remember thinking, oh my fucking God, I did it. Yes. It's the best. It's like the most joyous experience and that's what I'd, like love to gift to to women is that feeling of like actually them getting to follow their own body and their own which I know that you know you're all about too yeah yeah and their own wisdom and their own guidance and then it paying off and having that I did that and I actually like did it you know it happened and you're at the finish line you know which is not really the finish line (laughs) but it feels like it at the time it's interesting Mario felt so stuck on that why do you think that was um I I wonder if it's maybe because it wasn't as inclusive of him as what we'd planned. Like it was that moment was really about me in my mind and which I now rightfully so. Like I believe I understand that now because I have, I've been through it. Um, But also, (laughs) I don't know if he 
would agree with me on this, but I wonder if it's just another layer of conditioning. I was about to say, you'd seen too many birthing videos in the right? pool of dad grabbing baby. Yeah, but that's exactly <laughs> it. Yes, exactly. I wonder if it's a little bit too much of like, this is the way a birth is supposed to go. This is the way the feminine is supposed to be. This is the way mothers are, you mm-hmm. know, like mothers are kind and caring and considerate and gentle. Yes. Instead of mothers are fierce lionesses who will roar anyone that comes in their way. Like it's just breaking down constructs of everything that we see yep. around us. So I, I think that it's that. And, yes. and I think that it, <laughs> I feel like it's edgy to say it, but I think that it was confronting possibly for him to see me in such a heightened, completely wild, abandoned self. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. fully owning that. Yep. And whilst holding our baby. Yes. You know, like that real, I owned my power in that moment. And I think yes. that would have been a lot. Yes. Yeah. And I think we were on that train of like, we're doing this together. And which which I love. And I'm so, so, so there for partner support, you know, throughout all of it. But it was me. Like I did it. It Absolutely. was me. And, yep. and it, part of my journey is to own the power that I, I am for being a birthing woman. Yeah, I think there's this interesting thing of um, equality in this day and age rather than, I don't know what the word is, I was going to say fairness or something. It's like we're not equal. No, This is your moment and then this is your, you know, I've seen like, um, you know, soft topic but you know oh you know bottle feed your baby so dad can do 50% of it like yeah. I get the logic yeah yeah but it's not working to your strength of what you're good at or like just yeah or what nature's we, created yeah why are we instinctively going against what we believe to be right or you know whatever um just because we're going down this fairness kind of equality line it doesn't make sense yeah it's a part of like where that like whole conscious you know, realm, conscious parent, conscious mothering, fathering, all of that realm yeah. gets a little bit confusing where yeah. we exactly what you say. We start to like try and be like, well, let's bring the child up with every, you know, inch covered, yeah. which is completely negates the reason why there's a male gender and a female gender. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, let's get back to the birth. So yes, you've got Aria on you. What happens next? Yeah. So I was in the water and had her on my chest. It's the best thing ever. She was amazing. She breathed straight away. Yeah. Like she cried. She, how like amazing to be so thrilled to hear your baby cry, yeah. like, which doesn't really happen <laughs> for the rest of your mothering time. But that first <laughs> moment, you know, it's like exhilarating. Like, oh my God, they, not only did I did it, but they did it. It's like, yeah. they're here. They know what to do. Like, oh, she knows to open her eyes. She knows yeah. to cry. Like, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and we decided to have a lotus birth. Yep. So um, I just stayed with her in the pool for a while. Yep. And then I actually felt my placenta still drop in like into my vaginal canal yep. uh, while I was still in the pool. And I said to mom, I think that I'm almost ready to birth a placenta. Can you guys help me get yep. it out? And she had quite a short cord. Yep. So it was real tricky to yep. negotiate like me and because I could I could hold her up to my chest but only while I was sitting or, yep. or squatting. Yeah. So I kind of had to like squat to and then Get put out. a leg over the, yep. <laughs> the pool as well. Um, so that was that took a little bit. Yeah. And then I sat with her for a bit. I did I didn't nurse her yet. Um, because she was pretty chilled and we just like covered her it was it was pretty cold by then because it was early morning Mm -hmm. I sat with her for a bit and then I remember being like I'm pretty certain this like is ready to come out it would have been 
I don't know, 30 minutes, I reckon. Um, and I just put a bowl underneath me and like did the tiniest of pushes yeah. and it plopped out. Yeah. Amazing. Like once again, like the beauty of, I don't know, our bodies yes. and everything. And I remember being like, just not really present. So I think at some point during the labor, I'd gone into a little bit of shock and I'd had some, I had massive um, shakes throughout yeah. my body, like yeah. big tremors. I got that after birth. Did you? Really cold. Yeah, really, really cold. So yeah. that happened to me when I was in the pool yeah. during labor. And then I felt really faint from yeah. that. And I think also just like having. I never felt faint, but I just got really cold. Really cold. Yeah. yeah. Um, not fat, dizzy. I felt a little yeah, bit dizzy. dizzy. Okay. Um, and so I remember like going, okay, I need to lie down and I probably, I need to eat something, you know, like I yeah. need to hydrate and need to, to eat. And I remember, so them getting me a little bit of food, um, and laying down on the couch. And there was like a couple, like a few fears that had come up around bleeding. I always had this like postpartum hemorrhage, like not a big fear, but yeah. just a little fear yeah. in my head. And I'd been really educated about yeah. it. But that was, for me, I feel like that was the point that okay. I was, had the most stuff around, not the birth, yeah. not the, the labor. It was always that after part. Yeah. And I see now that it's because I had a thing in that first week of her of what happens if I go? Like what happens if yeah. I have to go to the hospital because there's something really wrong with me, like really yeah. seriously wrong yeah. and I have to leave her. That was a massive wounding and fear mm -hmm. of mine. Yeah. Um, but it was all... It was all good. And the, by then I'd had a friend come over and she started massaging my uterus for me to help it because it was still, it was just having a bit of trouble, like contracting back down. What about, had you been breastfeeding Aria at this so point? So then I was breastfeeding, started breastfeeding. Okay. And then the combination of all of that, like yeah. getting warm, having blankets on me, having something to eat, yeah. having her um, like start to attach to my breast and yeah. having that stimulation, that flow yeah. and someone just touching me and like massaging yeah. my belly. I think it was like all of the above. Yep. Oh, so good. And yeah. that, that naturally, like I felt my wounds start to contract and come yeah. back down, um, which was so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I think like we just, she, I don't remember too much about breastfeeding. Like I, she didn't have like a massive epic feed, you know, yeah. like they do, but it did, it also wasn't really painful. It just kind of yeah. was, but I was just exhausted by then. I think yeah. it was like <laughs> 3, 4 a.m. by the yeah. time we like kind of, got off that couch bubble and went to bed, but we keep, we kept her attached yeah. and we um, just took care of her placenta and put like rosemary powder and it had it in a little steamer yeah. and it fell off about four days postpartum. Yeah. It was funny because for the first, that time that she was still attached to her placenta, she was so serene yeah. and so it was so beautiful because she was so peaceful and it was just this part of her did make breastfeeding like another thing to negotiate because I had to get someone to pivot the placenta yeah, yeah, <laughs> as yeah. I like change sides with her. Yeah. Um, but it was the best decision. And, and looking at her even as a child now, I see why she chose that mm -hmm. like as her, her entry in. And yeah. the day that it started to detach, she got so agitated oh, and it was wow. like this like sense of loss and grief, like even yeah. moving through her, she like yeah. saying goodbye to the so extra part, part of her. Of life. Yeah. yeah. And she just had this day of like, frustration agitation and all of that and then it fell off and I was like oh my god like you she could feel that even though it was yeah. completely dried you yeah, know yeah, yeah, she yeah. could feel it yeah. still like moving away from her Absolutely. so I'm so glad that we gave her the chance to do it on her own terms and and her own body um 
But I, after she was born, we checked my placenta and I did have a little bit of a chunk of my placenta, like probably yep. maybe 20 cent size piece. Yeah. Not there. Okay. Um, so that was my fear of like the postpartum was like, okay, I, I have to work with my body to resolve this. And I, 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 just the whole time, like, am I going to have to go to hospital? And she's not going to, you know, have me and what's going to happen. And I liked listening to that podcast that you did about you interviewed someone with a, a how she navigated postpartum. Oh yeah. Natalie Mead. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause it was definitely probably the only fear yep. of mine. And I, my body was freaking incredible. I had an epic fever, I think on like day two or three. Yeah. Um, and like was shivering and I just, spoke to my body I prayed I was like you know what to do like I believe you I believe in you you've got this and like took myself on with every tool <laughs> that I had in my toolkit to really trust my body yeah and then I went to the toilet and I was like what the heck was that just plopped out I was like was that a piece of liver yeah. <laughs> it felt, looked and felt like a piece of liver and my body just let go of Amazing. that last little bit and I checked in the toilet and it was this beautiful big chunk of like literally looked like liver yeah um yeah and it passed it and Wonderful. then my bleeding like shifted and I felt like my body could actually start to heal so I think I'm not sure exactly when it was it was a couple of days yeah. after the birth but it once again it was like this amazing experience of you know things like that that people would call complications, but that my body still knew what to do. And and it it looked after it and I could still feed my baby. And I, and luckily enough, I could lie in bed and I Mm -hmm. had someone taking care of me and all of that. And even with all of, you know, not that it was easy. It wasn't, it was a really scary time. My, like I I felt really unwell, you know, as my body was trying to get rid of it. Um, But we were okay. I know. know, We still knew what to do. And I always think in these situations, you know, somebody may have gone to hospital or whatever and yeah. they would have got the antibiotics or whatever it is. And, you know, yeah. look, everyone's choice. But then they'd say, oh, so lucky I did that. And it's like, but also if you just waited, yeah. you probably would have just dealt with it. Self, yeah. I'm know? like so lucky I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. and I respect the people who aren't. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone should so listen, obviously, to their body and what they think is right. Yeah. But... Yeah, exactly. Because I was fully always sitting with, okay, when's the point? You know, like yeah. when's the point when I call an ambulance or when's yeah. the point when I ask someone to take me? Yeah. Because it might come, you yeah. know, and and, yeah. I, and that's okay. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. If and you I have want to, to, but then you have often to be okay with that. Do it and it's completely unnecessary as well. So yeah. we have to sit with what's right for us. Yeah. And um, what about feeding, breastfeeding? Was that? <sighs> it wasn't super easy and it wasn't super hard. Okay. I remember for me, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'd done so much work and labor and birth and everything that when I look back on it, almost that was the easy part. And then I feel like everything that came post-birth for me was really challenging. Yeah. And only because I don't think that I put a lot of time and energy into it, yeah. you know, and I, and when I do it second time around, I'll, I will, like, I, yeah. it's just an experience. I will nourish myself so much more. I will put so many more systems in place to look after myself. Yeah. So I think it was more, it was hard because I was learning how to let someone else take care of me, how to rest, yes. how to stay still, how to Another not do anything. <laughs> All the first baby stuff, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. it's it's really big how to surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
it was challenging in that, but we had like a, in the long term, a really good breastfeeding journey and the beautiful, independent, powerful daughter that I have <laughs> just really naturally weaned herself at about 15, 16 months. Oh, wow. She like really slowly started to drop off feeds yep. and would feed through the night still, but started to refuse it before her sleeps, mm. refusing after her sleeps. And I was like, okay, cool. And she was really happy. Like if I tried to actively feed her before her yeah. nap, she would scream and say, no, 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 no. Like, and wow. just like bed, sleep, sleep. And I was like, okay, weird. I was all prepared to feed for yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she yeah. just breaks every construct every and role. expectation I have. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, I've, I've, you know, I really just want to, respect her in that i'm not going to force her <laughs> to take yeah. a milk um yeah. and then she was still feeding a lot through the night and then she, she just started lessening and lessening and and it wasn't that she was still waking up lots yeah. but she just no longer wanted mm-hmm. to be soothed by the breast she wanted to be soothed by me but yeah. she didn't want to be soothed by my milk anymore yeah but then that brought up stuff in me because i was like oh my god like am i a bad mother for like i i thought that i'd be one of those mothers that would breastfeed for a long time and am I doing a crap job as a mom because have I done something wrong that now she's refusing it you know is mm. it because of me that she doesn't want to take my milk there's a whole theme throughout all of this yeah, it's such yeah. a it's such an initiation into being a mother we we do it in every yeah. single aspect um but yeah she just really beautifully organically over a couple of months just totally weaned herself um and was really happy about it. But that's kind of how she does everything as well. Yeah. She she always tells me when she needs to transition. And yeah. she's it's like she's very um autonomous, I guess, in that yeah. way. Which is she's really your cool. teacher. Yeah, she's so my teacher. Oh my god. So much. <laughs> oh beautiful. Well, we better wrap it up. But thank you so much. Your story was so beautiful and I um resonate with so much of what you say because I want to hear yours now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, just because um, I think also the acting background, I think that's really mm. interesting. I resonate with a lot of what you say about that. But, yeah, it's so beautiful to meet another like-minded soul. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Renegade Mama. If you would like to connect with me, submit a birth story, or just find out a little more about what I do, check out my website at therenegademama.co. Or you can connect with me on Facebook as The Renegade Mama or Instagram as The underscore Renegade underscore Mama. Lastly, can I ask you share this episode with at least one other person? I want every woman to know it's possible to birth in her power. So please share far and wide. Until next week, remember to follow your intuition, not the institution. We are sovereign. We have. If you like The Renegade Mama podcast, then leave a review. You can do so on iTunes or our Facebook page. The Renegade Mama is released weekly on both Apple iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you get your podcasts.